Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadway and Battery, you're listening to Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto on 95.7 The Game. And for Damon, one more day, Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, thrilled to be with you, Ray. And how about this? Ray, we got the Warriors coming from 23 down to beat Portland last night. The Warriors now, can it be true, fifth in the West. Steph's coming back. It's a Warrior Wednesday I gotta think this is enough to warm even the cockles of your frigid heart. Am I right? I mean, it's all coming together. Yeah, check back with me on that road trip they have coming up. Uh-oh. I mean, how many times have they been fixed this year? About five? Yeah, maybe so. But now, this one's this one's for real. Because, you know, who knows? At some point, Peyton may be coming back. Good news on Steph. And the best news of all, I understand your point. But seriously, the best news of all last night, they actually played defense. And I know it was Portland. Portland's not very good. But the foundation of that comeback was defense. And that's been the worst single biggest issue all year. So color me optimistic today. Fine. You're optimistic. Thank you. No, it's the second time all year that they've put together a three-game run where they didn't allow 110 to the other team. And, yes, it was a sign, yet another one, that they figured out that they're going to have to win by defending rather than outscoring people. Because there are simply better teams in this league in terms of offense. I mean, there's one 80 miles up the road. Ray actually wanted to start the show talking about those Sacramento And we should. (laughs) I mean, you know, why why are we talking about... I mean, these guys have, you know, clawed and fought to get two games over 500. I mean, just... It's like talking about the Atlanta Hawks. Except the let's Warriors. Talk about, let's talk about the Kings. The Kings are better. They're more fun. They're a lot they're of fun. They're objectively more fun. A lot of fun, but they're not the defending NBA champions, and this is not the but Kings. But that makes it better. Station. Does it? Yeah. It's been 72 years. The last, the president, the year that they last won was Harry Truman. What were they saying on Sports Talk? What were your columns like in 1951 when they won? The, was it 51? Yeah. When Rochester won? I, I see. Yeah. They beat the Knicks, I think. I said, once again, Rochester <laughs> is the king of the basketball world. <laughs> that was many cities ago for that. That was five cities ago. Wow. Rochester, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Omaha, and now these guys. Well, it's been a roller coaster ride, but so is this. No, it year. hasn't been a roller coaster ride. It's been a subway train. Well, they never lately, get they never get over sixteen ground years. Level. It has been. 
But the by and large, if you go 72 years without winning a title, that's not a roller coaster ride. Hmm. How many times have they been to a conference final? It's just not a very good roller coaster ride. Not all roller coaster rides are a lot of fun. Some of them, you know, there are, some of them are lesser roller coasters where you go, I'm not getting on that thing again. But the Warriors this year has been a legitimate up and down and up to your point. And now it looks like, all right, here we go. The big finish of this season. They're in position to make another run. We'll talk to Steve Kerr about that today at five. It sounds like maybe you don't trust this Warrior team. I don't. I mean, why would you trust them? Because of the, I'll just give you the answer, you know, the, Make the argument with you. The championship pedigree. They've got the championship pedigree. And last year, a lot of people, you were probably one among them. I don't know that for a fact. Last year, a lot of people, when the playoffs began, said, all the injuries with Curry. Not this year. It's not their year. To be honest, I think even some members of the organization, they would have never said that. Publicly, I think they thought that, and somehow, some way, they won. So why can't they do it again with things coming together? And the league, the West especially, just being a massive mediocrity right there in the middle, there are opportunities in that for the, a team like the Warriors and teams like the Kings, too. Well, there's a big difference between this year and last year, and that is at the end of February last year, they were 43-18. and 18. They were giving up 103 points a game, not 118. And they were relatively healthy. And the only team that was demonstrably better than them at the time was Phoenix. And what happened in the postseason? Phoenix melted down. Basically opened up the entire bracket for them. And they ended up playing Dallas in the conference final. And Dallas basically limped in as a six seed. Yeah, they went Denver, Memphis, Dallas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, frankly, this is an entirely different situation for them. The one thing you can say for them is that if they get Curry back, it's almost like a a deadline deal in some ways. But other than that, the fact that they've played defense three times in a row should be a lot less heartening than it seems to be. Because they used to play defense all the time. But they haven't done that all year. So it's encouraging that they've done it of late. Also, I'll say this. To your point about last year, the record was much better. True. However, they got off to that great start, 18-2. and And then last March... Before the playoffs started, you know, Steph got hurt in the game against the Celtics, and things were, they were struggling uh, right before the All Star break and, and into the second half of the season. They were struggling a lot. So I know the numbers last year were much better than they are now, but some of the struggles were similar. They figured it out last year, and now, with as, as Coach Kerr said last night, you know, reinforcements are coming. It's just a, considering where they were just a few days ago, fifth in the West. All of a sudden, things look a lot brighter than they did. I, not even you can deny that. Well, they, they, that's not because they're fifth in the West. Everybody's fifth in the West at some point in the last two weeks. That's the thing about everything between 4 and 13. That's the highest they've been in some time. Yeah, but again, lose two in a row and you're back to ninth. I mean, that's how volatile the standings have been. Sure. No, no if you're looking, if you're desperately looking for the positive here. You don't have to desperately look, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, but no, you clearly have to because they haven't proven that they can sustain anything. 
I mean, except that they never went on the road and they always went at home. You know, if you want to say, well, look, they've now played defense three times in a row, but against who? You know, these are these are eminently beatable teams. And the truth is, you know, beating Houston, they're awful. They're trying to lose. You know, Minnesota, they've been dysfunctional all year long. And Portland is even weirder than Minnesota is. So, you know, now they've got the Clippers. Who have, they're 0-3 since they got Westbrook. And then they've got New Orleans, which has been in free fall. So you may not get a true sense of where they're at till they go on the road at L.A., Oklahoma City, and Memphis. And that's even easy schedule. What you're, but on the road, they stink. What so until they change that, mm-hmm. I think any optimism is probably premature. What it's not misplaced, but it's premature. You're cynically glossing over is the fact that, you oh, Houston's terrible and Minnesota's dysfunctional. Minnesota's right there with you in the standings. However, you're overlooking the fact that the worst won both those games without Steph, without Wiggins, and without Draymond. And then last night, of course, still no Wiggins, still no Curry, and they've won three in a row. I don't know if that means, watch out, they're going to make another run at a title, but that's pretty impressive. And the Warriors this year, without Steph Curry, are 12-12. and They're 12-12 and with everybody. That's the story. That's the whole thing. Nothing about this team, you can't put your finger on anything except that they are driven to the heights of mediocrity. But I'm telling you, the whole reason they've been so inconsistent is because the defense has been it's been here, yeah. I've been here for the most part. In the last three games, it looks like there's improvement there. And that's the foundation for everything they do. And if they're going to be successful, they have to play better defense. In the last three games, there are signs that there are. They are playing better defense. That's positive. Well, but let's see how they play defense on the road. Because they here, here here's what they've given up. In their last six games on the road against mediocre talent and Denver. Don't give me point totals. 120, 119, 134, 125, 134, 124. That's ghastly. All I'm saying is they've shown signs of this before and they haven't sustained it. So let's see them sustain it. Let's see them, let's see how they play in that three game roadie and then the five game roadie after that. When they play, you know, the Clippers again, Memphis and Dallas. So you got the Clippers coming up tomorrow. Then you got Memphis. No, you got New Orleans. I'm talking about uh, the, ro- the roadie in the middle. I know, of March. I know you are. I know. I'm not. I'm, but I'm just saying what they have this week. And I apologize. Yes, New Orleans. So you got the Clippers. Then you got New Orleans. Then you go play the Lakers. So what do you need to see from them these next three games? That's what's it going to take to get you to go? You'd never admit this publicly, but maybe just you know in your More own more games head, like, wow, where they hold the Whitey, other team to once again. I never like to agree with them, but once again, White is right. What's it going to take? W- once again, it's good. Hold a team to one hundred and one. Hold a team to one hundred and four. Hold a team the way you used to hold teams routinely. Hmm, if they can't NBA do now. that, then this is then they're going to be forty-two and forty. You know that's the that's the takeaway from all of it. It's that you don't know who they are because every time they show you signs like they're showing you, then they knock your legs off. And every time they look like they're doomed, then they all of a sudden rise from the dead. I mean, they, you know, they looked awful against the Lakers, and then they've come back and they've won these three games by defending like crazy. They held Portland to 105 on the text line, Xfinity Mobile text line. 
from the 5-1-0. Early nomination here for text of the day. Overall defense in the whole league is down. Points are up. It's nothing to score 110 anymore. That's yeah, but, true. but when you're giving up 118 a game, tell me how good that is. Well, it depends what you're scoring. And you mentioned the Kings. Well, they're the scoring Kings, 118, which is another proof that they're incredibly mediocre. The Kings give up a ton of points, but they still have a their net rating is positive. But the Warriors need to play defense, and they're showing signs of it. So you need well, the, them. King, the Kings have a historically good offense. That's how they can hide this. The Warriors right now, you know, with these last three games, they've gotten their, their average below 118 for the first time in like three months. And it's still, you know, like fourth in the you know you fourth look worst at, in the league. We'll go. We got a break here, and then I'll go over some. You know, I'll show you some of the metrics and things you got to look at other than just total points. Ray, come on! I love it when Ray's lecturing me on Sacramento. Why, why, why the Kings are good? Appreciate they are that. I know they are. They're they're the they're the most enjoyable team in the sport. They should win just because we deserve. I it. I want to see the Kings and the Warriors in the postseason. I I I suggested that last week. Coming up next, Ray can't trust the Warriors. Can you? It's Damon and Ratto. Whitey in for Damon. We are sponsored by 5-Hour Energy. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Damon and Ratto streaming live on YouTube. Is this... 
Aha, Ray, Take On Me. Mark uh, Mark Randy's official song of the day. Okay, that's fine. Damon Arado streaming live on YouTube. Head to youtube.com slash 957thegame to watch us live. See what's going on inside the studio. Like and subscribe for all 95.7 The Game content on YouTube. Why do you in for Damon? I certainly like it when Grandy is nostalgic for music he wasn't alive to hear. Yeah, well, I guess it's kind of cool. I guess there's a lot of music that his parents introduced him to from when they... Uh, were, you know, I guess a little younger than he is now. But he's got a pretty good sense of, what would you call it? That's not even classic. Aged crap. Yeah, there you go. Very well said. New romantic synth pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr is going to join us today at 5 o'clock. And we're working with Ray here to see if we can get him maybe to trust a little more than he does this winning streak that the that the dubs are enjoying. Well, um, and you, well, you'll fail at that. 888-957-9570. And the text line humming to life here. Uh, let's see. Uh, gentlemen, I, you, you may be underestimating the Dubs' second-half defensive effort. Don't, respect, don't disrespect the Trailblazers' offense. Yeah, that's a good point. Portland came in. They have a top-five top offense, I think. Yeah, well, they didn't have one last night. They did for a while. From the 415, Ray has trust issues. Give him a big man hug. Let him know everything is going to be all right. I think that's why Lucas is here. Would you be okay with that if Lucas at some point gives you a big man hug and lets you know everything's going to be all right? Only if he wants to get punched in the throat. <laughs> From the 510, the fact that Rado is judging the team's defense during the regular, regular season. That's your first problem, right? The defense for all teams will show up once the playoffs come about. Just yeah, because thoughts. they're happy being two games over 500 and having to win three games in a row just to get there. That's yeah. That, that's that's the that's the standard that they've set. Is let's just be somewhere in the middle. Let let's have the same record as the Atlanta Hawks. That's what we want to be. But they're doing something about it now. They're playing better now. That's what matters. From the five one zero. 10% worried due to the mediocre play this year, hence the record, but 90% confident because I think like the second half of last season, the uh, the Dubs seem to be regular season coasting. They're not coasting. They were earlier in the year, I think. No, they weren't coasting. It's That road trip through Charlotte, Orlando, Detroit That wasn't October. coasting. That was free-falling. Hmm. I mean, it, they, they, I don't think you can make a case that they've played well except in very short spurts. And they've wrapped those up with equally long spurts of looking awful. But I don't think And that's why they're where they are right now, and that's why any rational person shouldn't trust them yet. But it, it's not unreasonable to suggest that one of the reasons they've had some of these stretches where they haven't played well is because they've coasted. And it's not an excuse, but I think we saw that, especially early in the year. I'm with you. You can't say that, you know, into... February and March, but I think we did see that early in the year when they would lose a game, say, that game in Detroit, and Steve Kerr would bang on the drum and say, we need urgency, urgency, and like, eh, and we just won a championship, then we had to go to Japan, eh, it's October. Those are excuses, and this is a team that was never beholden to excuses before. They owned what they did, whether it was good or bad. This year... I don't think it was coasting. I think it was they had a flaw that has continued to this day, which is they can't sustain anything. Now, maybe this is where it turns around, but you're not going to convince me of that 
till they they finish that three game roadie, then the five game roadie after that, because that's one of the places where they are demonstrably like Spurs, Rockets, Pistons, Hornets, awful. You know, show us what you do when you're away from home, because nobody's got a, a record as preposterous as this one, where you look at them. And you, you look at the the home record, which is one of the best in basketball, unquestionably. You know, they're 25-7. and seven. The only two teams in the West that are better than them are Memphis and Denver. And the only two teams in the East are Milwaukee and Boston. That's the fourth best teams in basketball. So at home, they're one of the best teams in basketball. On the road, they're one of the five worst teams in basketball, and it's not close. Fix that. Fix the fact that you, you barely now just got under giving up 118 a game. I still think it all comes down to defense, and you're right. Well, if they play the it, defense fine. has been terrible on the road. It's been spotty at home at times. It's been good, like last night in the third quarter. It was good. By the way, that you know we were talking about the Kings, and and Mike Brown, of course, left the Warriors, went up there, and I know a lot of fans have wondered, well, how how has that hurt them defensively? And it's hard to figure that out, Ray, because as you said, uh, and as anyone knows, if you've watched the Kings, you know, they got Mike Brown, but they've been terrible defensively and he's supposed to fix that. But one thing he did well last year was with the Warriors, their opponent specific defenses at times were very good. And that's what's encouraging about the last couple of games. Mike Brown's uh, on now to Sacramento and they just, they've, they've, they're on a winning streak. But the last two games, the Warriors have come up with, you know, box and one stuff, and it's been effective. And they're finding an identity defensively again. We'll see. You're right. We can't leap to any conclusions after three games uh, that they won that include a win over, you know, Portland and one over Houston. But there are reasons to be optimistic. And Steve Kerr uh, talked last night about using that win over Portland as a learning experience or a building block for the playoffs. I told the players in our walkthrough that this is a great game for us because this is kind of what the playoffs are about. you got to figure out your opponent and maybe throw something different at them and then have the poise to stay with it. So it's really easy if you do what we did tonight and take the ball out of Dame's hands and they hit like four or five threes right away. It's really easy to sort of say, this isn't going to work. But you just have to remember the forest for the trees you know you just got to remember 48 minutes let's keep keep at it but do it a little bit better and trust that what we're trying to do will work sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but the main thing is that the team feels it and goes through that process because we got a lot of young guys who haven't haven't been through it before ray i'm a big steve kerr fan i look forward to talking to him at five i uh i bristle at how much criticism he's gotten this year for not developing the young players all that said what do you make of steve kerr saying that game against portland hey guys this is like a playoff game it is well every game's a playoff game for them now because every game matter i mean tonight like 9 of the 10 teams in that 4 to 13 envelope are playing they have to the warriors have to pay attention to all of them i mean just you know, last night the only other team in that group that won was minnesota that's a big night for them that's how they get from 9 to 5 and you know that's what every night's going to be from now on which is how do we do against the teams that we didn't play? And while Steve Kerr needs to have them concentrating on only the game they're playing, the fact is the rest of us who have to pay attention to this nonsense, you know, have to look at the rest of the conference. 
You don't worry about what Denver and Memphis is doing. They're not catching them. You know, Sacramento is still, you know, a distance away. You you don't worry about them yet. And you don't worry about San Antonio or Houston because they can lose better than anybody else. Everybody else, those games matter. That's what's great from a fan's perspective. Oh, it's sensational. I mean, this this is a godsend if you like to see mediocre teams battling like crazy. The problem is, of those teams in the middle, there's only one with a championship pedigree. That's this one, and that's why it looks worse when these guys do it than when the Clippers do it, or Phoenix does it, or Minnesota does it, or Oklahoma City does it. Hell, Oklahoma City's the happiest team in America because they were supposed to be one of those tanking juggernauts. You know, they're they're in this. You know, you know, life's great for them. Shay's out now, and it looks like maybe they're deciding, eh, we've contended as long as we want to. But I, I, I agree with your point. Draymond Green on the defensive plan last night against the Blazers. You know, you overreact and you get out of character. You know, we've been down against this team before, 17 points, 20 points, you name it. With the pace of the NBA today, you can come back from down 30, no problem. You know, because you're going to have enough possessions. And so it's really about staying even kill and sticking to the game plan. You know, we come out, you're plugging off Matisse Thybul. He goes five for six from three. You know, he hits those first, what, three or four threes. It's easy to overreact, but he's five from six from three. And Damian Lillard's two for seven from three. And what it does to the defense is, is totally different than if Dame's five for six from three. Because now you're overreacting. Everybody's, you know, you're sending two and three guys and other guys are getting open shots. And so, you know, just stick to the game plan. I think I'm in a position to say that because I, I know this coaching staff. I know when they put specific game plans together, it works. I've seen it work year after year, playoff run after playoff run. When they lock in and put a specific game plan together, we want to guard guys this way, make this guy score and not let this guy. When they do that, it works. You know, coach told us before the game, like, hey, we're going to try this game plan. And this is more like a playoff game plan for us. You come out in the first half, Houston Rockets hit all the threes and you stay the course. Not switch your defense, not get away from what you wanted to get to. And we did that. And, you know, second half, it was a totally different game. You hear what Draymond said there? Like, hey, I know when this staff in the past, when they've prepared a game plan like this, it works. And I think we can um, we can draw the conclusion that maybe the Warriors haven't been preparing the game plans the same way defensively as they did when Mike Brown was here. And maybe they're making an adjustment in that regard, too. It's Whitey in for Damon. It's Damon Ratto, 95-7 the game. Want to just address this whole issue of the Warriors coasting because people are talking about excuses. There's no excuses for that. I'm not saying it was an excuse for them. I'm saying I think it did happen and was one of the reasons that they got off to such a bad start. Again, I'm not saying, oh, it's fine, they're coasting. I'm just saying I think you could see that. And I think by the time they snapped back into realizing, wow, it's on, then it was too late. But you had, you know, you had Clay didn't play in the offseason and the team was they had to go to Japan. I don't know that they were ready for the start of the regular season. They certainly weren't the way they were ready last year because last year nobody was ready for them. So they're still overcoming all that. But the biggest problem, again, is the fact that they have not defended well. And that's why it's encouraging uh, to see them play defense the way they did last night. That's why I don't think it's coasting. Because the one thing we knew during the early part of the season was that the veterans were playing well. But the second, the second string, or the, the, the second unit, is more accurately, wasn't. And it was dramatically different. The starters were among the best, putting up the best metrics in the game. 
and the second unit was putting among the worst metrics. So some people were playing defense and others weren't. I mean, we've called defense a collective thing with this team. But I think this team was two teams for the longest time. And even now, I'm not quite sure that, you know, that that hasn't been fully solved. But it's better than it was. You've now got some people in the second unit who are relatively reliable. You know, DiVincenzo will oh, he's defend playing for you. Phenomenally. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, talk, I'm talking defensively. Mm-hmm. Kaminga well, has been a better defender. Yeah, That's DiVincenzo's not, defended It's well, not too. everything you should have. I mean, they're still, you know, I still don't trust them defensively because they haven't done it over an extended period of time the way you're used to seeing them do it. Why do you think so many fans are just totally out on Anthony Lamb? Like, because why? he's not young. He's not old. No, but he's not He's not one of their... I can, they, they, Wiseman's as good as him. They should just play Wiseman instead of him. Why aren't they doing that? Because... I mean, a lot of people, we hear that a lot from people. Yeah, well, which is why you shouldn't be reading that nonsense. I mean, the fact is, you know, if you want to talk about Wiseman specifically, I'll do this very quickly because I think we've said it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. He isn't the center they wanted him to be, and he didn't get enough games where he could prove otherwise because he was hurt a lot. He missed a whole year with an injury and bits of the other two. Also, because the Warriors weren't playing trustworthy basketball, they couldn't just give him free minutes and just say, here, figure it out. Detroit can do that because they have no responsibilities and it doesn't matter to them whether he does well or not because we don't know if he's part of their 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 long-term plan. They've already got a bunch of big guys. Ray, you know what kills me about Ty Jerome? And I think... <laughs> wow, there's a segue. <laughs> I, well, Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome. Um, the thing is, there are so many fans that are down on Ty Jerome. It's a two-way trash. Why are they playing these guys? They should be playing the young guys. Jordan Poole, who's, I know, he's better than Ty Jerome, certainly. Jordan Poole is a young player, right? Jordan Poole was drafted four spots after Phoenix drafted Ty Jerome in 2019. It's like people just think he's like, oh, he's two-way. He was actually drafted ahead of Jordan Poole in the 2019 draft. But people look at Poole as like, hey, he's the future. And I know he's a better player. He's got a better contract. But they look at at um, at uh, Ty Jerome as a guy's like, I'm insulted that they're even playing him. I just don't understand it. Oh, yes, you do. Of course you understand. I don't completely understand. No, the reason why you do understand it is because they're not committed to Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome was a quote scrap heap guy. Yeah, I know. And so they and and they are they are saying why isn't Moody getting more run and why isn't Kaminga getting more run? They want the second track of the two track plan to happen immediately. And the fact is early on in the year, the second track of the two track plan was performing brutally. You know, and to this day, the only one who's pulled himself out of that morass to any extent is Kaminga. You know, Wiseman couldn't do it, and he's now in Detroit. Moody couldn't do it, and he barely plays. Because the fact is, the Warriors, unlike most teams, you know, have championship aspirations, and you can't give away minutes. You know, this is not about developing young guys for 2026. This is about winning in 2023. And 
if they started to play the young guys extensively because they want to see what they're doing, you'd get people screaming, how can you waste a year of Curry's career? You know, and how can you, you know, how can you disrespect Thompson and Green this way by, you know, by planning for a future that doesn't include them? You can't win. So, you know, it's not, it's got nothing to do with Ty Jerome. It's a, you know, he didn't get off to a great start. Neither did Lamb. Neither did Green. Neither did uh, Jermichael Green. So that band, that you know marred them from the start. Green's been a little better. Uh, Jerome has spots where he's, he's not bad. You know what you're going to get from him is the thing for the most part. Yeah, you know and, what his floor is, and they want well, and you know what his ceiling is too. I mean, just Steve Kerr's been looking for reliability, and because he's come to expect a standard from the Warriors that they're not meeting. He's looking for people that he can rely on night in and night out. And the young guys have not been that. And they're trying to win a championship again. Now, sure, it's, it looks preposterous now, but they still are of the opinion that when they get everybody back and healthy, that they are as good as any team in the Western Conference. We will find out. But I get why they've done this. I get that you just don't give minutes away to players just because they're young. They're not. They're not Charlotte. They don't have to do that. You it's have like to they earn. Do that. And on some level, no matter what team you're on, you have to earn your minutes. And I, I think Moses Moody's a great example. And I don't mean to pile on Moses Moody. I like him a lot, and I think he has a bright future. But people blame Steve Kerr. Oh, Steve Kerr is that Moses Moody hasn't developed. Poor Moses Moody to this point. I know he's probably struggling with his confidence. I don't think there's one thing he does well as an NBA player right now, Ray. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that's why the Warriors are losing. I'm just saying that's not Steve Kerr's fault. Young players, when you, you get a chance, you have to play well. And hopefully he's still well. But you can't blame the coach for the fact that this young man has yet to find one thing that he can do consistently well at the NBA level. That's not the coach's fault. It's not a question of whose fault it is. Well, for many it is, though. Well, but for many, I mean, the, the, the sky's green. That's why you don't read the text line. It just makes you nuts. Made you me know, look. What, 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 what people want to believe and what is true are very often two different things. The fact is, when you have a team with aspirations, your development comes later. Period. You have to you have to win games so that you can get positioned properly in the playoffs and be ready to go when April fifteenth hits. That's the job. It's not like the job that Dwayne Casey has in in Detroit, you know, or Steve Clifford has in Charlotte, or you know, Stephen Silas has in in Houston. They're busy desperately trying to develop something while losing every chance they get. So they can all have a fist fight for Victor Victor Wembanyama. So they can get a what a fourteen percent, a fourteen percent chance. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, but that's it. I mean, but if you don't get Wembanyama, there's still guys high in the draft that when you stink, you can get some mileage out of. You know that that's Scoot the, Henderson, and then I think there's a drop off. But we'll. Oh yeah. Oh we'll no. See. There's definitely a drop we'll off. We'll see about but, that. You know, you're you're playing for you're playing for that, and that means you're playing badly for that. As good I mean, as, is there a team tanking more efficiently and more comprehensively than San Antonio? That's Houston's that's, pretty that's, close. That's that's one of Greg Popovich's greatest achievements. Yeah, Spurs won what, last night, right? Well, that yeah, there, there the could w. be a firing coming. But I, I went to um, 
the game. It's Friday. hard to lose twenty in a row. And I know Houston, they were without they were without Kevin Porter Jr. and they were without Jalen Green. They're so bad. I mean, wow, is that a bad team? Well, so, I mean, the four oh, of them. That's the that's yeah. the playing tournament I want to see. I want to see those four teams play because even if they're trying to win. I mean, just, you're going to get cataracts. I'm not you? being sarcastic. If you had a yes, tournament you like are. that, no, James Wiseman would dominate. If those four teams played James Wiseman, he would dominate. He'd be the MVP of that tournament, possibly. Well, if all He'd you have to do, well. if all you have to do is run, jump, and dunk, fine. I mean, and I don't think anybody has ever accused him of not being able to do that. The reason why he's not here is because the Warriors ask different things of their centers. I agree. I and agree. And he those really are the things he could not get down. Or, yes, I agree completely. And again, the Warriors had two clocks ticking at the same time. One is we got to get back in the we got to get back in the playoff picture in a in a positive way. And how much longer can we wait for him to develop? Given the fact that his tax bill at the end of the year is going to push nine figures. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. 1.1 mil times seven. Yeah, just they couldn't do it. You mentioned running and jumping. Which was the better dunk last night, Ray? Was it uh, Jonathan Kuminga or was it Shaden Sharp? Who had the better dunk? I'm assuming you saw him. Sharp. I think you may be right. I want to say Kuminga, but yeah, that was... He, because Shaden Sharp just cranked that sucker way back. Oh, no, yeah, it was, it was a... Uh, it was Kuminga's Julius had more of the... Whoosh, Explosion. Maybe it's because it was home. By the way, when crazy. you do when you sound do effects, sight stuff, yeah, and sound effects, uh-huh. people in their cars don't know what you're doing. Uh, they understand. You're talking about that dunk. You saw the dunk yeah, by yeah, Kaminga. Whoosh, whoosh, yeah, know, that really explains you know it. what I'm talking about. No, Shaden Sharp's dunk looked a little bit like classic Julius Irving, where he just fly through the air and then just bring this full on 360 windmill dunk. I mean, that's what they looked like. And yeah. so, for me, aesthetically, that was more enjoyable. He cranked it from way back, but Kuminga still had more force. Do you? How do you know that? From what I saw, Kuminga's had more velocity. They're both tremendous, unbelievably incredible dunks. And that, again, is why the dunk contest is so lame. Because when you dunk over someone, when they're trying to keep you from scoring, it's more impressive than, hey, watch this. Oh, look at that. I <laughs> I had an invitation to the dunk contest in the net, and I grabbed it and I looked at it. Um, but they were both incredible. But Kuminga's, I think, had a little more... They okay, were both amazing. Fine. Well, but yeah. you're a homer, so... And I weirdly, say, you, should I, be, you should be a homer for your hometown team. I didn't say Kuminga's was better. I no, said yes, I, you did. I actually did not. I haven't made a ruling on that. I said well, I thought take I had more your time. Force. It's only been 20 hours. 888 957 which was the better dunk of those two? They were both. You Please. rarely see two dunks of that caliber in an NBA game these days, right? Rarely. See, I you see it all the time. Those two? No, you do not, no, sir. You go down. Go. If, if tell me, tell me all the research you've done on this. There are plenty of games where you see two or three dunks that are thunderous like that. Disagree. I think that was that was a real stand. Both both of those, and then to have two of them in a short period of time. Incredible. All right, what's coming up next here? Uh, we are presented by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Uh, let's see here. Did last night mark the return of the third quarter Warriors? Fingers crossed. And the news on staff, it's great news, and the Warriors desperately needed it. That's coming up next here. Damon and Rado, YDN for Damon, 95.7 The Game.
back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Well, Damon's not here today. He should be back tomorrow. Whitey in for Damon. If you haven't uh, already, by the way, you should you should be aware of the fact that uh, it's a Warriors Wednesday. If you haven't been aware of that already. Brought to you by Freedman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freedmansappliance.com today. And on this Warriors Wednesday, we're thrilled to have Steve Kerr coming up today at 5 o'clock uh, after the big Warrior win last night. Some thoughts, Ray, on the text line here. Xfinity Mobile text line on the... Uh, the dunks, yeah. Uh, AD getting dunked on was nice. The Heckler Kuminga's dunk was through four guys and started from farther away. If Kuminga did that same dunk with a Jordan Poole like physique, it would not be close to the dunk that the uh, that Shaden Sharp did, Carlos and Concord. So kind of a split decision, which tells me that Warrior fans are trying to be loyal to the guy, but ultimately, as you said, Shaden Sharp's dunk may have been the more impressive dunk last night. Sorry to say. Why are you sorry to say that? Why, because, why are you invested? Because Jonathan and, and Ray doesn't like the way I say Kuminga. I didn't say... <laughs> I'm not talking to you off the air ever again. That's, that's it. I don't mind Just it. Just sit in silence. Yeah, uh, well, because it was a great dunk and you want to you know, root for your guy. Like, that was the best dunk I've seen all year. It might not even have been the best dunk in the game. Shaden Sharp's that good of a dunker. However... He backed out of the dunk contest, so boo on him. We could have used him. Maybe he knew he had no chance against the great Mac McClung. Maybe the fact that the the dunk contest is now a, a, an immense practical joke might have had something to do with it, too. You're not buying that narrative that Mac McClung saved the dunk contest. No, he didn't. It's, he reminded us how few players actually want to do it anymore. I know. I'm with you. I mean, once you start making real jack in this league, you're not going to do sideshows. You know, and and the idea that well, if you gave them like a million dollars to do the dunk, they got a million dollars is nothing to them. It's it only matters if everybody, all the big names, want to do the dunk contest or the three point shooting contest or whatever else you got. You want to get measured against the people you think are your peers, even if they're not your peers. And that's that's the come on of the dunk contest. There was a time years ago when if you won the dunk contest, like, you know, Jordan, Spud Webb, Dominique in those years, you were the slam dunk champion. Now, if you win, you're the slam dunk contest champion. Or I mean, there's a subtle difference before it's like, man, he's the greatest dunker. Now it's like he won the dunk contest because obviously the best dunkers oft times, most times don't go anywhere near the contest. That's just the way it is. Well, there's a, there's a there's a more subtle distinction, and that is that if you win the dunk contest now, you get to be a Delaware blue coat. <laughs> I thought the big club called him up. I they must have sent him back down because I'm not seeing his name here. Maybe they called him up just for the weekend and then they sent him back down. Yeah, from they, the, <laughs> they promoted him for that. I, they did. I believe they did. Promote him, and maybe they sent him back. From the 925, they're all SOFT, afraid to be beat by a better dunker. From the 510, why do typically in-game dunks are usually better than dunk contest dunks, which are more gimmicky? Uh, dunk contest has been watered down. Thank you, Chris. Yes, it has, but those were two amazing dunks, and I don't care what Ray says. You rarely see an NBA game with two dunks of that caliber in the same game. It's easy to say, oh, you get the league pass. It happens all the time. It does not. <laughs> I'm not, not like arguing those this were, with you. Those were two absolutely great dunks last night. Wow. The question now is, the third quarter Warriors that we saw, 
the Warriors had outscored uh, Portland in the third quarter, thirty-nine to seventeen. Is that real? Is that something the Warriors can build on? Because as you know, Ray, that was a Warrior thing when they were competing for championships. Like, look out for the Warriors in the third quarter. I mentioned this story before earlier this year. I think it's when the Warriors were playing Toronto. I was watching the game on NBA TV, and at halftime, Isaiah Thomas comes out and says, well, you know, Warriors in the third quarter, that's when they go off. Watch out. And I was shaking my head going, Isaiah, that's not a thing this year. That that doesn't happen. But last night it did, Ray. So that's a good sign as well. And again, that was built on excellent defense. It held Portland to 29.2% shooting. Another positive sign. They, they, yeah, they, they held them to 17 points. You hold a team to 17 points in any quarter in the NBA, you've done, you've done some work. That's the takeaway, that they allowed Portland to score only 40 in the second half. That's the work that's got to be done. It's got to be done on the road as well as home. And if it seems like I'm setting too high a bar, then the Warriors are a mediocre team and can't be saved. This is what they should be doing routinely. Because defense is about A, knowing how to do it, and B, doing it. I mean, just because we've listened to versions of the Draymond Green clip about six times this year. And it's all the same thing. Just, we just have to go out and do it. I don't even think that this was a, a, a coaching thing that they did. Oh, we played more playoff defense. No. You can play any defense you want if you play it well. If you can't defend against a team that right now is below the play-in line, it means you're 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 not doing it. You're you're like, and this is a team that has built its reputation, despite what everybody thinks, on its ability to defend night in and night out. If you're going to call that Warrior team from last night mediocre. That's almost a compliment because I know we just tend to hold the Warriors to a, as JD was talking about today, a championship standard. But without Steph and without Wiggins, that's not a very good team. And yet they've got a winning streak going. So the news that Steph's coming back is tremendous because let's be honest, some of the lineups they've had on the floor during this winning streak, woo! I mean, no Draymond, no Wiggins, no Steph. They're just not a very good team without those three, and yet they've been winning. No, but you can defend. The fact is, even if you're, even if you're Ty Jerome, you can defend. Even if you're Anthony, I love Lynn. Ty Jerome, but he's not a very good defender. No, but, I, I think he's terrific, but, but he's but, not a very good defender. Uh, but I'm not saying he's an elite defender. If he was an elite defender, he'd be up all the time. You know, he'd have a regular gig. But a lot of defense is. A technique and B desire, and they haven't desired a defensive standard consistently this year as a as a group. I mean, I think you could say night in and night out, you get great defense from Green, um, Draymond Green. Are you and you get great defense from Kevon Looney? Are you peddling that tired trope that defense? And I'm not sure you are. But are you trying to run that old line out? Defense is all about desire, Whitey. No, because I didn't say that. Okay, that's what I, I said. Mean, it's clarifying. technique and desire and scheme. Technique and scheme are essentially braids of the same hunk of hair. It just you can you could say we're going to have you play zone, but if you don't know how to play zone right, it doesn't matter. Or you can play man to man, but if you don't know how to do that. 
it doesn't matter either. Technique and scheme, to me, are, you know, you can't have a scheme if you don't have anybody with technique. You also can't have a scheme if you don't have anybody who wants there's, to play there's, defense. There's still two different things. I agree with you, but there's still two different things. Stop muttering. Speak up where people can hear I you. I agree with you, but they are still two different things. No, but they are part of the same process. Because you have to have both to be able to defend well. And the fact is, the Warriors haven't defended well for the greater part of this year. And they've been particularly shoddy at it on the road, which is where the test to see if they finally figured it out will be told. If they come out of that five-gamer and they're they're holding teams under 110, you know, which is against the run of play for the entire league, then I will be willing to concede that they have figured it out. Here's a question for you from the text line, Ray Xfinity Mobile text line. I don't want to talk to them. You know that I wouldn't go here if it wasn't an Yes, you would question. go. That You'd do it in the heart. Rado, defense has always been a major, major deal in the NBA, but almost in the blink of an eye, all teams are no longer playing it at the level it once was played at. Sorry, that's what it says. So does that not sort of cancel out the Warriors not being epic defensively? Nobody is giving up 15 points more per game except the Warriors. It means their drop-off this year has been more pronounced than any other team and by a significant margin. So that's not only taking a trend, but it's running past it. Yeah, Ray's right. I mean, it's all relative. Defense is not what it was, but you still the Warriors are nowhere near the top six in defense. Last year, they were tied for one or they were two, depending on how you look at it, how you round out the numbers. But they're nowhere near. They're not even the top ten now. Last year, they were right up there. So, yeah, there has been a significant drop-off, even if you include the fact that there's been a massive drop-off around the league. But as far as the Warriors turning a corner, Bob Myers was on today with J.D. and Guru, and he's not sure he wants to commit to his team having turned that proverbial corner just yet. Man, I hope so, because I feel like we've been in this place a few times this year, and Lucy kind of pulled the football. So I, I, I got caught up in times where I thought, this is the time we're going to go on a there was a moment when we lost to that i think brooklyn team i thought even though we lost to boston when we went to cleveland and won that night after losing to boston in overtime i thought that was going to be the beginning of something because even though we lost that boston game we, we played well and we should have won that game and it was a, a symbol i thought of what we could be and then we kicked that brooklyn game i mean obviously they took it but i've had moments where i've thought we were turning that um, and this is another one. So I do think at some point we got to sustain something. Yes, but the best Warrior news of the day is up next, right after we welcome you to your 4 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.